we're recording very shortly after the previous episode. Less than 12 hours. And uh, <laughs> in the intervening time, um, miraculous things have occurred, at least in my household. Okay. <laughs> I have to... But uh, you still don't have a touch bar, though. I still don't have a touch no. bar. No, it's it's true. I don't. <laughs> Joke's on you. Um, but what I do have is my my new iMac showed up. That's the big news. And I'm excited. And this is like, literally, we're, we're like an hour and a half or so after it finished restoring from backup. Um, so we're in the midst of it doing all sorts of other stuff. And we're still doing this call. And hopefully that is not going to be a problem. But so far, I'm just staring at our outline on this wonderful retina screen and feeling happy. <laughs> oh, oh my. man, the good life. Uh, yeah, the good life. Josh, you're going to love this. Um, you're going to love this keyboard. I think you're going to want to buy one. The uh, the extended magic keyboard with the with the numpad. Uh, it's pretty cool. I, I, w- I should put you guys on video right now. I'm staring at one and using one as I speak. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was a good one. Why so I beat I you surprised? to it. Why <laughs> am I not surprised? It is a, probably the perf- most perfect uh, keyboard I've ever used. It is pretty nice. I nice. love it. I, I absolutely love it. Yep. Oh, here's a question for, sure. for you, though, because I like just typing on it briefly now. I'm not sure if it's because I put it somewhat off center versus where my other one was, but I'm noticing that it almost feels like some of the keys are in slightly different spots. Like I'm I'm missing certain keys. Is that just me or is it actually a little bit? What are you used to? Uh, I'm used to the the standard Magic Keyboard without the numpad. So the, you know, the, the more without, compact one. So, oh, I have both, but I don't have the other one like within arm's reach. No, I like, I measured them up and I think that the only difference is that the FN button has moved over. So maybe like, are you having issues with the bigger command key on the bottom? I think that's what it is. Yeah, the command and option, like it feels more spread out and it's just kind of throwing me a little bit um, just as a- Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, they got to put that FN button into the bottom left-hand corner of the the smaller Magic Keyboard. So, you know, there's a potential chance there that, you know, you might miss something there. I'm not sure if the space bar is larger or not. Like if you look at, um, I mean, I'm staring at the MacBook Pro keyboard and I'm thinking it's probably very close to the same layout. And even there, like the space bar is smaller than on the Magic Keyboard with number pad. Yeah, it's because you only have three keys to the left of the space bar. And on the right. on the MacBook Pro, you have four. Yeah, I'm just looking at the old one now. I've I've just pulled up my old Magic Keyboard, and the space bar is definitely longer on the new one. Mm-hmm. So that's that yeah. might be it too. So anyway, it'll take some getting used to, but it's a beautiful thing. But the, the, that's as said, the extended keyboards have one fewer key to the left. So yeah, the yeah. space bar is bigger because yeah. of that. So the only thing I don't like about it though is that this is and is purely personal anecdotal. In the like Apple's version of the number pad, they've got the multiply like the asterisk or the star button in the top right hand corner yeah and on at least on the the pc that i use at the office uh i think that's the the negative like the subtract or the hat the hash button or the dash button Sorry. oh no it's reversed so like i'm like constantly if i'm in excel like constantly multiplying things and i'm like wow my bank account balances are <laughs> massive oh <laughs> wrong button if only anyway it that way. uh if only it worked that way so that's the only <laughs> hiccup that i have and you know it's the other awesome part about it is all those extra f buttons in the top right hand corner you can program those for like anything i use them for like pastebot um like pasting things out of PaceBot. So all I do is just press one button and boom, done. And I don't have to, yeah, go anywhere else or, so that, those are my, the two hidden. I did not notice those. Yeah. I have to program those to something. Huh. Okay. Those are super handy. You just put your fingers up there, put four fingers and you can just like, I don't know, paste, paste until the cows come home. Nice. If you guys have cows there, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I mean, you've been here. Did you see any cows? (laughs) 
<laughs> I didn't even see grass, let alone cows. Yeah, so funny, funny, funny. So uh, we're we're gonna try and do something a little different with this episode. We were trying to think of ways because we've we've now crossed the fifty episode threshold. We wanted to uh, to try and improve. And one of the things that we were talking about is recording more often. So we're doing it. Yeah, this is now a podcast about keyboards. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we want a podcast more. Surprise! Often. <laughs> Good, great, smart goal right there. Look, it's either focus or frequency. You can't have both. Audience, come on. <laughs> Um, but no, uh, seriously, we, one of the things that we were toying with is the idea of, um, discussing the stories behind some photographs and, and for starters, we're going to talk about some of, um, each other's photos and, and how they were taken. But going forward, we're probably going to start asking you guys for submissions and things like that. So just a little thing to look forward to. Um, but I guess we should, uh, we may as well dive right in, um, with, uh, with Alvaro. Ooh, um, we've got some good okay. photos on tap here, guys. Woohoo. Here we go. So I get to go first. That's interesting. It should be fun. So I have selected a photo of Alvaro's that I want to hear more about. And it is, uh, we've got a link in the show notes and hopefully it'll be a chapter image as well. So you'll be able to see it in uh, Overcast or your uh, podcatcher of choice. But it's a it's a long exposure photograph um, in Madrid. And uh, yeah, it's it's beautiful. But, but tell us about it because there was a lot of work that went into this. We were kind of, you were like what? live slacking the, the process. Wait, wait, wait. But are we doing... Am I telling you or do you have to guess? Because that's what we talked about, right? Well, question number one. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What in the world does that say? I, I, what does that say in Spanish? Rolex. Not Rolex. <laughs> Rolex. <laughs> Metropolis. Good one. No, no, no. What's the comment? What did you leave there? Oh. I, I don't even, I don't want to embarrass myself. Oof, I think that, it, it, I would translate it as, uh, what is it about you, Madrid? That That's probably a good translation. Oh, yeah. cool. I mean, the up, uh, the upside down exclamation mark had me just totally fooled. Like, <laughs> yeah, because we have two of them in Spanish. You're, you're supposed to use two of them, one at the beginning and one at the end. Same with question marks. Which, by the way, I think is a really wise thing because then you know at the beginning of the sentence what you're doing at the end. Yeah. Cool. Oh, I had no idea. Okay, I've learned something new. <laughs> All right. Well, Moving on to the real story here. Happy Sorry. to help. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so are we going to guess? Because, Josh, I think that you wanted us to sort of try and figure out how it was done before the... Yeah, sure. I think, like, namely, like, okay, so I want to figure out what time of the day it is. And, like, this isn't early morning, right, Marius? No, it's not. No, this is definitely evening by the looks of it. Yeah. Yes, it is evening. Correct. Okay. And... I'm liking the um, the blue light here. I mean, it's that's the kind of color that a sky tends to take on when it's it's actually quite dark, and you've just left it um, you've left the shutter open for a while. Um, the light trails here are really are really pretty. Like I know how I would have done this on an Olympus camera, but right. you shot this on your Sony. I did. So um, this is kind of the, the the classical method of of doing a, a long exposure. Because I, I actually had shot this before on an Olympus camera and I, want, and I wanted to see what a difference the the different sensor, the bigger sensor with better dynamic range from the Sony, uh, if that would translate to an improvement in image quality or not, and if I could get the same result. Uh, because Olympus cameras have this feature called live composite uh, mode. You can just leave the shutter open and the camera only registers new light past a certain level of exposure. So you can't overexpose your, your image. Uh, you can leave it open for a couple of minutes and uh, the picture is going to come out great. Yeah. And that's a very, very useful feature on Olympus cameras and I really miss it. Uh, so I wanted to just 
push myself to try and get a similar result using a traditional method. And uh, that's, that's the intent behind the image. As to how I did it, uh, that's, I'm still going to have you guys guess a little bit more. <laughs> okay, so how okay, Marius, how long do you think it held the the shutter open for? Or was this the same shot, multiple long exposures all combined into one? What do you think? Okay, my guess is going to be one exposure and I'm looking at the traffic lights which appear not to have changed, which means it's probably right. an exposure of under a minute or so. Right. Sure. Um, I'm also looking at the street light and counting starbursts there, so he stopped down a fair ways to Smart. allow himself to get the exposure time that he wanted. I'm going to guess it was somewhere in the realm of like uh, maybe maybe 15 seconds. I'm not I, it doesn't look too too much longer although the lights are quite blurred but you like I'm looking at the bottom left there and it almost looks like you can kind of see where a car may have paused or slowed down a little bit right and that's the kind of thing that gets erased if your exposure is like hey. quite long. So that's why I'm thinking like uh you know, good, good argument. Also bottom right hand corner that looks like there's a little person there and that person probably didn't stand still for a minute straight. Yeah. 15 right. seconds, but more likely. So I good call. Plus like streetlights in big cities, like they're notoriously fast. It's like done. Okay, done. You know, everyone's crossing the street now going the opposite direction. So it has to be like relatively short. Yeah, that would be my guess. I don't know. That's yeah, that's what I'm pulling out of it. Just at a glance here. Boom. What do you got? What about you, Josh? Um, okay, what else do I have to guess at here? Um, okay, so you had talked about the sunburst or the burst in the rays based on all of the streetlights. So you had said you stopped down a fair ways. My guess, like, I think that you're probably in like, what would you say, Mario, is like F12 plus range? I don't know. Yeah, something like F11 would be my would be my guess. But the, the thing is that it's hard to know without knowing the characteristics of the lens. And I don't, right? Because uh, I don't fair shoot. enough. But that's... Oh, Good call. What would what focal what focal length would this be? It's got to be less than like 30, 35. Like it's got to be twenty four to thirty five because we also know that Mar that Alvaro doesn't have anything wider than twenty four. Yeah, he's got his twenty four to seventy. But uh, it, the the question is, would he have wanted to use the thirty five because it opens up uh, significantly further to f one point eight, and in this low light, that's potentially useful. Um, right. But this does look. I don't know. It's hard, it's kind of hard to tell because it's it's kind of like a corner angle, and the distortion is not giving away a lot. And I'm not sure if that's because it's corrected or because it's <laughs> just not a lot of distortion, right? Because for a 24 mil, I would expect a little bit more leaning on those uh, on those edge buildings. Uh, Granted, he might have had a uh, correction in Lightroom yeah, that that's caused why, everything to be fixed. Yeah, that's why I'm kind of like I'm not. It's hard to say. I'm I'm really impressed with how straight the pole is right in the middle, like the street light or whatever light, whatever that pole is in front of the cop or right behind the cop car or whatever car that is. Yep. Um, but like that's straight, like there's not major distortion going on there. So I'm thinking he probably hit that little auto button in the bottom corner of Lightroom that caused everything to just shift vertically a little bit. Yeah. If we know anything about Alvaro, it's that he's all about automation. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. Photo all editing. about automation. No, no hands on stuff. <laughs> <laughs> So how how close are we, Alvaro? How close are we? Uh, yeah, yeah, you got close on some stuff and not really close on some other stuff. Oh. All right, let's have so it. So let me go. Let me go bit by bit. But it was interesting. It was a very interesting experience because I get to see the same image through somebody else's eyes, and the the lessons are very very interesting. So let me start by saying this was not. It's it's shot at the evening, so it's it's definitely after dawn, uh, after sunset. Sorry. 
but it's not so dark that the sky would be really dark to the naked eye. Okay. Uh, it's not a single exposure. So Josh was right there. Oh. It's a combination of five different exposures. Ooh, this nice. was shot with the 35 mil lens. Aha, uh -huh. okay. As far as perspective correction, it was done manually in Lightroom. I didn't hit the auto button. I had to... You're talented, wow. I had to do it manually because it didn't... The auto mode didn't get it right at all because there are just too many converging lines and the building, the main building that you see in the picture, the Metropolis building, is not perfectly straight. So the lines are not meant to be vertical. Right. Uh, but like you said, I wanted the pole to, to look right. So that was, I had to do it by hand. The problem I had to shot this exposure, to shoot this exposure is that it was too bright. So I couldn't leave the, the shutter open for too long because I would burn the highlights. Since the, the, the building is illuminated, it has artificial lighting, those, would burn out if I left it open for more than 10, 12 seconds. So these are all eight second exposures combined together. Okay. Right? You, you can select several images in Lightroom, you can merge them and there's a, like a configuration for the merging mode that's called maximum. And my understanding is, is that for each of the pixels in the image, uh, it selects the one that has a brighter level out of all the images that you're merging. Okay. Yeah, I think that's how it works. So you, what you get it, what you get is basically the addition of all the light sources in the in the different pictures that you got, but nothing gets burned because the maximum level that you can get is the maximum that it goes on every single one of those images. Right. Like it's not adding them together. It's just picking the brightest spot out of each picture and then combining all of those together. Presumably not the ones that are actually like clipped though. So you, you get actual exactly. signal. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's the way I, I managed to, to get all of the details in the building without burning away too much of it. And at the same time, get really nice and long light trails on the, on the traffic lights. So that's, that's how I did that part. As for the editing, I had to darken the sky but about by about two stops because even like that it was too bright. Right. Uh, so I, what I did was uh, I exported the image to Photoshop and I used the smart selection tool to sort of get just the sky, you know, perfectly grab the outline of the buildings and, and get the get the sky and then darken it by about two stops and then the final result is pretty much oh, like man, that. That's a lot of work on this image. Uh, I didn't, it's not a panorama. I didn't have to stitch together any, any images. It's just a 35 millimeter field of view, uh, field of view. And just as a curiosity, I am standing right in the middle of traffic. Okay. <laughs> the picture. Oh, wow. So I literally risked my life to take this image, but that's, that's okay. The best kind, the yeah. only kind of photo that exists, the ones yeah. that you risk your life to get. <laughs> wow. I don't know if I covered everything. Uh, is there anything else that you guys want to know about it? I think that was. Uh, so my, my first question is, um, again, because part of this experiment was to figure out how the full frame sensor is going to perform as compared to the previous camera that you used to, uh, to, to take this kind of shot. So did you notice a meaningful difference in the noise levels, given the fact that you were stacking the images, which as we know is a way to reduce noise in uh, an exposure like this. So did you, did you find that that gave you a, a much cleaner file to work with? It gave me a cleaner file because I was shooting at base ISO, but not because of the blending mode because the maximum blending mode that I use d 
does not do that. It doesn't translate into a reduction of noise. Right. That's when you use the average. Yeah. Because okay, uh, yeah. it's it's interpolating like information from all of the pictures to get a cleaner uh, overall output. But this this blending mode doesn't do that. Right. So, yeah, uh, overall noise levels, I haven't noticed any significant improvements over what I would have gotten out of a single one of these images. But it is cleaner than what the Olympus camera gave me. So did you, I guess you wouldn't have bothered with any noise reduction then because at base ISO there's there's not much to clean up? No, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. I sharpened it. I used clarity, but I didn't, as far as noise reduction goes, I didn't do anything, any of that. One part that I really like about the image is the, the building that you can see at the background, like the, the one that's farther away. The one with the clock? Yeah. That's a very iconic building as well. And I'm happy how it came out in the picture because you can still very clearly see it. Looks great. It's yeah. not totally obscured by by the rest of the image, which happened with the Olympus shot that I took a few months ago. or Well, so, a couple of years ago, actually, not a few months, but... This will be interesting going forward with all the other photos too, but what kind of things would you, if you could do it again, what would you improve on or, or are there anything in the composition that you'd like to like, not so much the composition or anything that not so much the composition, but what I wanted to get and I wasn't quite able to get it was, um, you know, the light sources I wanted, I wanted them to be star shaped, uh, but I couldn't do that. These were all shot at F8. I couldn't stop okay. down any any more because otherwise the time just didn't work out because I have only a very specific amount of time before cars get in the frame and they ruin the, the image. Yeah. So I had to combine several shorter exposures because of that too. It wasn't just because of the light. Uh, it, you have to time the, the, the shot very well for it to, to appear clean of any stationary vehicles, which just they just stop in front of your lens and they ruin the shot. So I wanted to avoid that as much as possible. But uh, yeah, the 35 mil is a great lens, but it doesn't do uh, those star-shaped light sources very well. And that was something that I, I was a bit disappointed by. But other than that, I think I'm very happy with how it came out. Yeah, you should be. Looks great. Yeah, looks, looks phenomenal. Thanks, guys. And there's a lot, <laughs> lots that went into it, like... Boy, I'm, I dread when you guys start asking me about my photo because there's <laughs> no work like that that goes into mine. Well, Josh, speaking of which, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> why don't you tell us about your photo? So, actually, why don't well, we start okay. guessing at your photo? So, okay, let's uh, we'll flip over in the chapter linking as well. This shot is now kind of I'm, I'm thinking of it as a sort of iconic Josh shot, and it's got it's got like so many of the characteristics that I have come to expect. Um, and it's, it's just, it's such a beautiful mood that's been captured here. Like every, everything about this shot, there's, there's a reason that it's so appealing. Um, I'm blushing. Take it easy. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's sort of shitty. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lie. No, it's a great shot. Okay. Uh, so it's okay. Two stars. Two stars. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm looking at it and. Uh, you know what, actually, Alvaro, I'm going to let you go first on this one because I, I feel like I, I don't want to dissect. All right, so uh, as far as guessing goes, I want to focus more on how the image was shot than on how it was edited. Yeah. Uh, okay. So let me guess. I'm going to say, uh, as far as time of the day, I'm going to say it was, the sun was still quite high in the horizon, I'm going to say, because the you can see the reflection in the water. 
so I'm going to say it was okay. before. Well, this is an, in Italy. Yes. Real majority Cinque Terre. I'm trying to concentrate because in Italy it gets darker. It gets darker before it does here. So I'm going to say somewhere around six o'clock, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's completely okay. wrong. I, I'm just looking at the metadata in Lightroom. Am I supposed to answer right away? I think you can, no, you no, can no. wait until we've we've collected okay. some guesses and then let okay. us know. Yeah. Okay, good. Go for it. I'm going to say this was shot. Well, this is not really guessing, so maybe I'm cheating a little bit. <laughs> uh, I seem to remember this was shot with the 15 millimeter lens. Is that correct? Yep, that's right. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't really guessing there, so. No, no. But I wouldn't have guessed, to be honest. I wouldn't have guessed if I had to. Because it doesn't look mm -hmm. like a picture you would get from a 15 millimeter lens. It seems there's hardly any distortion going on in the shot. So I would have guessed the body's 25 if I had to. Uh, well, I guess it's uh, the 15 millimeter on a Micro Four Thirds camera give you a 30 millimeter. Yeah, you're, you're you're in equivalent. The same so yeah, it's it's pretty much yeah, it's similar. Yeah. Uh, what else? What else? What else? I love the location. I, I imagined you perched atop of uh, a very, <laughs> very unstable looking rock, <laughs> trying to get the the right framing, and and so it, it doesn't look like this was shot from sort of like a vantage point where all the tourists are 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 taking pictures. It, it looks like this is a spot that you carefully went over to and. You were trying to get this image. That's that's the feeling I get from it. And as far as the mood, uh, I think it's very relaxed. It's very. You can tell this is a place for a vacation. It's not a. It's not. It's not busy. It's not uh, stressful. And I really like that. You you it it really comes across in the in the final image. I think I disagree with you on a couple of those. Okay, that's fair. This is going to be awesome because I I'm I'm just typing notes down. I'm going to say you didn't use any sort of polarizing filters also because of the reflection in the water. Uh, and I'm going to say this was probably there, there's a lot of depth of field. So I'm going to say this was pretty top down because it was too bright. Uh, yeah. I don't know okay. what else to say. Marius, right. keep going. I'll, I'll just like okay. hammer out the list. I'm, I'm typing it as we go here. Okay, so okay. I'm, I'm looking at this here and I'm thinking time of day. Um, so Alvaro, you guessed somewhere in the like afternoon-ish, right? That was not like early afternoon? No, I said 6 p.m. 6 p.m. 6 p.m. I mean, it's yeah. close to sunset, but there's still a way to go before the sun is really low on the horizon. Yeah, see, so the, the thing that was throwing me is that this kind of looks like morning light to me. And I'm not sure if that's just because of the processing or because of the... That's actually the the conditions. But then I'm looking at what's actually happening in the scene here. There's people in the water. Yeah, I haven't been here, so I don't know if it's the kind of place where you would expect to find people um, starting to go for a swim at the hour of morning that would produce this kind of light. So maybe maybe I agree with you on the afternoon thing. But when I'm looking at the way that this is framed, it doesn't look so much like he's on a crazy vantage point. It looks there's some sort of like wooden barrier or banister thing in the bottom edge that makes me think this oh, might actually right. be a pathway that um, I hadn't noticed sort of, that like you know sort of one of those serpentine pathways that goes from the top and then 
does a curve oh, good. and leads down. <laughs> so I'm thinking he's standing in the corner of that pathway or, you know, somewhere there. It doesn't look like he's on a path, right? Like this is this is where it's just stones going down to the water. But I, I don't think that it's like some precarious, awful thing and he's he's about to fall. Um, I also noticed that the photo is extremely sharp, like you said, and I think that because of that, I'm guessing quite a high shutter speed and because of the depth of field, uh, it must have been quite bright. So I'm, I'm thinking actually like a midday is not entirely unlikely, especially because the highlights are, are um, sort of very bright in the uh, left edge there. But again, this is tricky because Josh hates skies. So we know, <laughs> we know that part of his processing and shooting routine is obliterating sky detail for effect. <laughs> so this may actually, you know, that I, I hesitate to jump to any conclusions there. But um, the other thing I'm looking at is uh, the color tonality in general. And I, that, I think that's where the mood comes in. I would really like to see how much of the how much of that color tonality is straight out of the camera and how much of it was massaged in post because the like the the character of this image is just so so pleasing and it's one of those things where if this was an editing job then it it would be a perfect example of how much of a difference a good edit can make right uh, right or or it's an example of how waiting for the right light can produce outstanding results straight out of the camera without needing to do any crazy editing um, which may well be the case, but I'm also just really impressed. Like it's specifically the 15 mil lens we're talking about is the Panasonic Leica 15 mil um, f 1.7 for micro four thirds. And again, this is not a guess because you have told us this in the past, but this was shot on the Olympus EM5 Mark II. Right. So not even one yeah. of their, yeah. you know, new 20 megapixel bodies. This is this is a, a very capable body. It's it's one of their sort of uh, prosumer bodies, but nevertheless, it's not the kind of camera that we would expect um, to rival something like the A7 series for image quality. But looking at this image, I have zero IQ complaints. There, I there's nothing. Oh, I have here. a question. Yeah, me neither. It's for you, Marius. Do you think he used the high res mode? No, no, I don't think so because. First of all, I'm looking at the the waves and they're way too detailed. High res mode. Yeah, and the people too. Yeah, like that's right. People, it might be able to. I'm not so sure about the EM5 Mark II. The EM1 Mark II might be able to get the people in the foliage looking fine, but the water would not look like that. It it just right. it doesn't right because it's yeah, moving right, especially especially with the surf there by the rocks further out. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, I I would guess no for high res. Yep. Good call. You guys are flattering. You guys give me way too much credit. Let's just put it straightforward. <laughs> way too much credit. There's, It's not nearly as well thought out as you guys think. So here we go. Um, I got a list of notes now to type to talk about. Okay, so the local time was 7.29 p.m. local Ooh, time. Nice job, Alvaro. Mm. Yep. Yep. Well done there. Uh, the location. So I, I just dropped in. Maybe we want to throw this into the show notes too. I dropped in a quick... Uh, shot of the of a satellite image of what Rio Maggiore looks like it, like it's a map and it's in our Google Drive here so or the, okay. the documents so if we want to put it up later we can do that okay. so it, what it, Rio Maggiore has got like this each of those five towns in Cinque Terre are kind of like ports except for Cornelia which is um, up on the cliff but anyway so we're down we walk down and you can if, are you guys looking at the picture right now I'm looking and, at like, the map, the map? Right yep. now, yeah 
Okay. So you can see like how the, the rocks kind of, you know, loop around, so to say they come out and around. Yeah. So we're, you can literally walk, like there's a path in the bottom right-hand corner. You can walk right down to the water. And so we're literally walking backwards, uh, back up the path to get back into the port in, right. where it says Via San Giacomo. Yep. Yeah. Um, we're walking in that direction. So we're kind of in the bottom left-hand corner. If I could, I'd like to be able to like annotate it. I wonder if there's a way. Anyway, whatever. We're in the bottom right-hand corner, maybe like, I don't know, like an inch or so away from where those uh, okay. where those uh, boats are. So we're not very far up. It's not well-planned. I'm literally standing in the middle of a walking path where there's like a bunch of people around me. Uh, <clears throat> in the middle, like if I was to draw, put like squares uh, or like a break this into thirds, right around where there's that picture of uh, like the little icon with the bed where there'd be a hotel room. Yep. That's like, right. the, those are the rocks that I shot. Like that's what you see in the very middle of the image. Yeah, so, I can tell by the shapes. Or the cliff yeah. or whatever, right. So that's that's where we're, you know, I'm not in, uh, I'm not in a specialized location. I happen to be, we're walking along this path, which is a bit of a rocky path, but it, we're, we're walking along the path and we, it happens to be a point where there's no people in front of us. So, uh, except for the ones that you see there. So that's that. Uh, no high-res image. Definitely not. No polarizing filter. Shot at f5 and 1 640th of a second at ISO 200 with the Panalika 15 millimeter and the Olympus EM5 Mark II, which I have to admit, I just sold the 15 millimeter lens like yesterday. Ah, uh, that's sad. Uh, uh, this is the, the best leftover of... Uh, this is my favorite image ever out of that lens. I'm going to try, I, I might destroy my internet connection if I upload the original. So there's a very large difference. There's a quite a large difference, I admit, in in the way the final image looks. Right. But it was shot as a JPEG. So it's not like, you know, I haven't done anything major to shadows or highlights or anything like that. It, again, it's a Rebecca Lilly preset that I maybe tweaked a little bit. Let's take a look here at my history of edits. I always find it very interesting that you tend to lower contrast when you're editing and I always tend to increase it. It's like, it just goes to show that everyone's got a different style. Different folks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, ha I use the, um, Moss one vintage pro four preset from Rebecca Lilly. Uh, I moved around a couple, um, I think I asked you this earlier, Alvaro, about things that I'd like to change about the photo. And my biggest right. complaint about this is that um, you had said that it it's kind of a, a sun is higher in the sky um, because it's 7.30 p.m. It actually, the sun isn't as high in the sky. And I have got right. a couple photos around this in my Lightroom that I'm just looking at right now that kind of show um, the, the light around at that time. And it was actually quite cloudy. It was the only day that we were in Cinque Terre where it almost looked like it could have potentially rained. Right. Um, and so, you know, the, the sun is breaking through clouds um, to the left of this image. And what you see is like the little bit of clear sky that's left over. So that's kind of where the light comes from. Right. I'm surprised that you shot it as a JPEG. Ah, uh, yeah. I, it was Jacqueline. I, Jacqueline used the camera basically when we were out there. That was, that was her camera, the Olympus. Right. Okay. And, um, and so we just kind of, put it into auto more or less and, and off it went. And this shot was shot in auto as well. Wow. Um, and then last, lastly, um, what I don't like about the photo is there's two things that I don't like about it. I'd like to change it. If, if I could go back, I would. Um, one of them is the composition. I don't particularly like the way, like I'm, I'm very much a rule of thirds guy. Right. And, 
I think that the only thing I don't like about it is that there's a little bit of room that I could have moved upwards where like the bottom of the cliff in the water could have been a little closer to the bottom third line. And then that would have been like, that's something that I'd like to have changed. I can't, of course, I could change it, but I'd have to cut out other elements of the photo. Um, and two is I, I've got a lot of white clipping in the clouds and I'd love to have been able to save a little bit more of those clouds. I don't like skies the way Marius had <laughs> talked, but I, but this is a little too far in, in my opinion. You even lose a lot of detail on the left side where the water is really reflective. Yeah. I'd love to be able to, you know, get back to the point where there's a little bit more detail in that part of the image as well. So those are the two things I'd like to change. Um, but I, it, we just happen to be in a good place at a good time. There's not a whole lot of talent going on here. I disagree. I think it's a beautiful shot. And to, to see that moment in that moment without having to prepare it at all is a talent in and of itself. So that's, don't shortchange yourself there. Uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's that. I didn't, and I also don't have any, I didn't have any of that distortion correction either. I don't think on this one. Oh, wait. Yeah, no, there's no distortion correction on it either. So that's probably the best part about those 30 to 35 millimeter lenses. Like you can point it straight forward and there's not distortion. I'm really. Well, but if you, if you shot it on JPEG, it's, it's automatically applied. Good point. Also. So you wouldn't see it in Lightroom. In terms of the lines, because you were more or less at the same height as a lot of those building lines, you wouldn't have Mm -hmm. a lot of the converging, um, distortion that's, no, that's common. No. So it, it, it was kind right. of a perfect um, setup from that perspective too. And I found at least with the, you know, I, I just spent some time with that 15 mil lens recently and I, I found it to be like really quite a pure rendering of a scene, um, very, very neutral from, from a distortion mm-hmm. perspective, which was, which was kind of yeah. nice. What a great little lens. Could not recommend it enough. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, we beat this horse to we beat this dead horse with a stick too often. We got to move on to Marius's because I've got like two photos in the little document here that I want to talk about with Marius. We might not get to both of them. All right, well, okay. pick one. Let's start. <laughs> pick one. Okay, the first one is of our good friend of the show, Thomas Wong. Um, so that first looking one good. is very looking good. Like, do you work out, Thomas, or what? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I guess we're going to do, go into the guessing game. And the reason why I, I, I wanted to talk about this one was because I, I mean, even in the, the very beginning of this, not maybe not of the show, but of the call, like I had said, like, Marius, did you use off-camera lighting? Because this looks like off-camera lighting to some extent. It looks like there could be a light on the right side or on Thomas's left side. And one that's kind of like just a filler on the, you know, left on Thomas's right side and our left side. Um, but you said there isn't, so I guess that guess is off the table. Yeah, um, I say nothing. Keep guessing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, you, uh, I, think I think you, you can sort of tell that there's no external artificial light sources because of the catch lights in his eyes. There are none. Usually when you have off-camera flashes, those catch lights are very noticeable in the, in the person's eyes. And in Especially this case, with glasses I'm not seeing, on too, yeah, right? Yeah, in this case, I'm not seeing any. So I would have been inclined to guess natural light for this one. Or at least, a but there's got to be some sort of dispersion element. Like either there's clouds that have caused the shadows to be not very harsh, or you're standing beside like a slightly translucent window or something like that. Because there's no way that the light would be this soft. Well, maybe it's just an overcast day. Maybe it's just cloudy. That's sure. One way or the other, it's either that or or I would. But say yeah, I agree. This is window. definitely not harsh midday light. It's it's not the kind of shadows that you would get from a. But the light, in my opinion, would be seems 
Now there could be some editing. I'm not sure, but the light seems whiter than like I. It's hard to tell. I, we, he could be standing on the top of a building. He could be standing on the on the ground. Like the angle of the light to me, if we look at those shadows, is kind of you know top right hand corner down to the bottom left hand corner slightly slightly yeah. but it yeah. doesn't look like this this light would be in the middle of the day right like the, no. those shadows would be straight down then so therefore like the light to me seems whiter if it was later in the day you should get that softer glow right like the golden hour lighting so to me like that's why i said that there had to i thought it must have been lights of or artificial that was my thought originally was because the lighting seems whiter than what it would be at golden hour at, based on where the light would be coming from. Oh, beat that one dead. Oof. So mm, I'm going to disagree with you on that. I think it's not particularly, uh, the, the light source doesn't appear to be particularly low. I'm going to guess it's just an overcast day and the time of the day it becomes a little bit more irrelevant if, that, if that's the case. Um, right. I, I would I would agree with you, but those are I'm just explaining my my original yeah, sure. thoughts as to sure. where it, yeah. So anyway, I do agree with you. Uh, what else? What else can we say? Well, we know this was shot on the GFX. Uh, oh right now here we we're gonna have to do our math in our heads here because I have no idea what an aperture would be or what lens yeah, or what focal length like me neither, no but, way. But well, if we have to guess, I'm gonna say it's not wide open, uh, because even the 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 leaves that are a little bit behind him are still fairly defined. So I'm going to guess you stop down a little bit. He's leaning slightly, slightly forward and his jeans are still sharp too. So we yeah, without right. a doubt, like, yeah. uh, I'm going to say this format. was shot on the 110 mil, like the portrait lens, the, the prime. Uh, and, uh, yeah, as far as camera goes, there's not much more I can guess because like you said, I'm not familiar with the conversion factors, so I really wouldn't be able to guess an aperture or a shutter speed. But it's very sharp, so shutter speed should be fast enough. It's definitely upwards of 200, one two hundredth of a second, I'm going to say. Now, I really like the composition because usually you're told when you're shooting portraits, you're told to avoid leaving a lot of uh, white space around the the silhouette of the person that you're shooting. Like that's sort of like dead empty space. But in this case, I like how the leaves sort of make for an interesting contrast there. Uh, I appreciate that there's more breathing room instead of it being a tight headshot. I, I personally, I prefer these these types of shots. Also, I like that you consciously, uh, purposely left the little uh, imperfection on the wall because you, <laughs> yeah. you very easily mm -hmm. could have removed that in, in Lightroom with a spot removal tool, yeah, yeah. but you decided not to. And I really appreciate that because it gives more texture and I like it. It's a bit distracting, to be honest, because it kind of takes your attention away from him but in a way that I think works. If, if there were more yeah. of those, it might be a problem, but I think this bit is, is okay. And, and then another observation is the fact that there's, I'm not sure if this is now maybe a lens fault where there's, there's a little bit of vignetting in the corners, right? You can see that just a little bit. Um, I'm not sure if that's post a post decision or if that's just part of what the, the lens's behavior at such and such a uh, aperture, but, 
but as a result, like I, it does pull you in a little bit more to the center, which is where his, you know, his face is and, and so on. So I, I like that as well. And I also like the fact that you talk about the imperfection in the bottom right-hand corner, you can see a lot of the, the finished, like painted concrete in the top left-hand corner as well, which yeah. I also think like adds a little bit of texture to the, to the yeah. image. And I like that as well. So it, it's a relatively simple image. And I, I think more of my interest was peaked when I, because uh, I immediately thought, oh, he used a flash and I am proud of Marius. He used a flash and then I learned that he's not. So, <laughs> yeah, sorry to disappoint. <laughs> Either way, it's still a great image. Um, okay. Okay, fire away. So, All right. uh, your guesses are interesting. It is it is a fairly straightforward um, setup uh, as far as, like, you know, portraiture goes. The, the framing I was playing with, um, you, you can't see it in this image, but there's actually... Um, we're on a rooftop um, and there is a wooden um, sort of wall thing beside, like to the right uh, in the frame here beside the, the white. And I've cut it, like I've just cut that off. I have a few frames where that's in and I found that that was pushing into being too distracting. Um, but essentially I, I did want to give a fair bit of white space around um, and I wanted to keep that little paint thing there. And the vignetting is a lens thing. Uh, it was shot on the 110. Okay. Um, which is sort of, in full frame terms, it's it's coming close to the 85 uh, mil range. Right. That's, that's kind of the field of view that, that you would uh, be comparing it to. Um, but you guys are wrong on the aperture. It is actually shot wide open at f2. Um, wow. The, the wow. reason that you can wow. still see some, some detail in the body is because... Um, I was at a fair distance from him, uh, which is kind of difficult to tell with the 110, but I'm, I'm fairly, I'm standing fairly far away from him. And it was deliberately so that he has more than um, a nose hair in focus. Right. Um, but you can actually tell, uh, for instance, the the middle of the two branches is more in focus than the bottom one. And it's because that one Definitely, is closer, yeah. like it's leaning out to him. Uh, it's it's further right. toward me in the in the shot. Um, lighting wise, yeah, there's no artificial light, um, but it's actually funny because the, the, uh, big struggle we were having in this shoot is that the sun was extremely harsh, extremely bright, um, afternoon sun. And, uh, so we were doing various things to sort of hide. Um, there's no, there's no like roof over where he's standing, but it's kind of up against a fairly tall wall. Um, and the sun is just descending below a building on the opposite side, uh, basically where Thomas is facing. And so I used that opportunity to get rid of the really strong glare and it became this this softer, prettier light. Um, we did have a reflector with us and actually in another shot that I took like seconds after this one, um, I held it up uh, on his left with the golden side and that cast this really interesting oh, okay. um, gold sort of glow. Um, but I, I needed something on the other side to, to deal with the shadows and I didn't have it. So I, I just didn't like those shots as much as, uh, as much as this one. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's all there is to it. It was a fairly straightforward shot. If, if I were to change something about it, I would kill the, um, not the paint stain, uh, that like the, the broken, uh, paint layer, but just above it, there's two little lines where there's another crack happening. I would have gotten rid of that because that's what distracts me. Um, I would have left just the initial patch. And I would have also, um, again, because this is a 50 some odd megapixel file, it's very unflattering to not do any skin 
work on it. And actually, the funniest thing is if you were to zoom all the way in, you'll notice that there is a droplet of sweat coming down over the right um, frame of his glasses because oh, it was there it is. so yeah, yeah. freaking yeah. hot. We were both sweating and it was crazy. Um, it Again, because the sun had been so harsh just moments ago. So that's something that I would have... Uh, I would have cloned out, except I actually didn't notice it initially in the edit, and then I exported it, and it was yeah. So I would change those two things, but um, that's that's this image. Um, it was ISO 100. Uh, Alvaro, you were very close. It was one two eightieth of a second. Um, Not bad. Looks great. Yeah. Six oh five p.m. Nice. <laughs> wow. So it'll be a little bit like it won't be a super duper harsh light. When when was it shot? Oh, you but it was earlier summer, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was earlier summer, so that that's still like, okay. you know, within the Yeah, still harsh. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I've learned a lot. <laughs> that was fun. So have I. Yeah. It is fun. You want to go for the second one or uh, It's up to you guys. Uh, you guys only got one shot, so I feel bad getting two. It was also way shorter than like me blabbing about mine. The biggest thing I wanted to talk about with this one, um, I, I didn't save it. It's like the, basically my biggest question here was the time of day. Uh, time of day. Okay. Let me pull. Oh, let me guess that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. I won't tell you. Go ahead. I, I think it's later evening. I, again, I think it's probably, I don't know, 6.52 p.m. I don't think it's light earlier in the morning because I feel like there's more pinks in the morning light. A little more, it's a little cooler morning light than this. This seems nice and warm, nice and warm. So I, I'd say close to golden hour. That's what I'd say. I'm going to disagree with you on that. Marius is a guy. Marius enjoys his early morning hikes. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. All right. So which is it? <laughs> um, well, uh, I'm just pulling up the EXIF right now. And this was shot at... Da, da, da. This was shot at 7.04 p.m. Ah, oh, 12 minutes off. <laughs> wow, that was good. That was really good. Uh, yeah. But wait, 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 wait. Was the camera internal clock set to Canada time or Romania time? <laughs> it was set to Romania time. it's not time. the same, you know? Nice try. No, no. I corrected <laughs> okay. all of it. It's, it is 7.05, uh, or 7.04 rather, um, Romania time. Yeah. In the evening. Fair enough, fair enough. I had to try. Yeah, no, it was worth a try. Valiant effort. As soon as you said morning, I, I looked at it and I thought, okay, well, I can see a little bit of pink on the left side of the mountain there. I so can't maybe... help it. I don't know. I think I'm conditioned to think that when the light comes from the left, I feel like it's Monday, as I like it's morning. And when it comes from the right, I feel like it's evening. Yeah. I, but that's I just guess a that. it was. It was actually just, um, it had just rained quite heavily. So it was one of those um, bits of evening light where there was a lot of color in the sky, and that's why uh, that's why the stone has so much of that reddish, pinkish, orangish Looks stuff really happening. Good. Um, and it was it was one of those things where you're looking at it and you're watching the colors change second by second. So it's quite a um, uh, it, it was quite lucky that I managed to capture this exact thing. Like if I'd turned away for a while, I would have missed the entire um, I would have missed the entire sequence. So I'm glad I caught it. Um, it's an interesting, uh, interesting moment. Wouldn't have been as nice if the like rain it. hadn't let up. Did you did you have to lighten the right side of those mountains or the cliffs there a little bit? Do you dodge those at all or burn them or no dodge? Dodge is lighten, right? Uh, no, there's no there's no dodging or burning um, locally. There's some lifting of shadows, but it wasn't for uh, it wasn't for the right side of the of the background. It was actually for I wanted to bring back some detail in the foreground trees 
because initially they were um, they were darker to the point where you were losing um, foliage detail. Like it, it kind of got to be too much of a silhouette, and that was an interesting look, but not quite the one that I wanted. Like I I I liked that the um, that the light casting just on the tips of some of the foreground trees gives a sense of layering. It's almost like the the dark layer and then the layer of trees and the light and then the the stone in the background. So I just wanted to bring that um, to make that a little clearer, and it it wasn't. So yeah, just some global shadow lifting, and and that was that was it as far as um, lighting adjustment here. Really nice. Yeah. And we could we could go on for days talking about. I love I love landscape photos like this. Like there, this is easily the my favorite. Uh, genre of photography for I was sure. going to say that the white uh, balance looked a bit off to me but then I realized it's because I'm looking at it on a crappy screen <laughs> well the, the other thing the other thing to keep in mind is that I actually shot this in black and white on the camera I was I was uh, in Akros and it's because I was doing a set of black and white landscapes um, and so this this was initially shot in black and white and I've just dropped into Slack the uh, the black and white yeah I'm, I'm looking version. at it right now to be honest I prefer the color version well see that's that's where I ended up as well after looking at both side by side I decided to include the color version in my in the review of the GFX but I it, both of them are nice I printed the black and white one so you know I figure yeah. best of both worlds I think way. Acros lacks a little bit of contrast for my taste so yeah this, this is not same... unmodified Acros this is this is my tweaks it's not uh, okay it's not okay. untouched and it's processed from the raw so it's not the straight from camera Acros processing it's uh it's Lightroom and then me <laughs> basically so yeah it's a gorgeous shot Boom. Love it. In any case. Love it. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I'm just appreciating it better now because I can actually see all the detail that I wasn't seeing before on the other screen. I'm I'm zooming in here, like enhance. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Rub it in, will ya? A little bit more. Uh, <laughs> you guys have had retina screens, okay? This is my No, I haven't. Oh, that's right, you haven't. But you will. Well, I get in, me in like, on the iPad, but days. that's it. Yeah. Uh so there's our uh, there's our photo dissection segment. That was that was fun. Um, I think that it was fun. Pretty much photo dissection episode because I think we're already on the hour mark. That's true. We've hit an hour. Close to it. There you go. So uh, next time, I guess we'll uh, we'll invite listeners to to submit some images. Um, I think the goal, just so that you guys have some context here, that the goal for this whole segment was to try and. Um, unpack images so that we can learn how the techniques uh, were applied to create them. So things, uh, Josh wanted something with off-camera lighting because we, you know, we wanted to learn about that aspect of things. Unfortunately, I did not, <laughs> I did not have any such images. Well, to, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll, we'll, get, we'll there. get there. But anyway, so that's, that's where we're coming from with this. Uh, if you have images that you think would be interesting for us to try and uh, decipher how you, how you got it, that would be, uh, be fun. Send them in, bring them into Slack. Definitely. Yeah, and I think there's value to looking at your own images through a different uh, through a different glass, so to speak. Like it, when you're forced to look at your image critically and and dissect it with friends, and uh, you learn a lot. And that's, yeah, and that's, also just seeing how other people interpret things that you exactly, may have taken for granted exactly. or that you didn't notice at all, or uh, that's that's quite a learning experience. And this is why um, it's also really useful uh, to show. Um, images to both photographers and non-photographers if you're trying to gauge their their value or their success um, because the two different categories of people will notice completely different things about the image and have very different impressions as a result. So when both of those people 
uh, or both of those categories of, of person like what you've done, you're, you're probably looking at a great image.